Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies that are directed exclusively by female-identified directors that prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. Waiting for a theme song that sounds like that. I, I'm just putting in the universe. No reason. No reason. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joining me today, back, back, back again after jet setting all over the West Coast like boss bitches do in the center seat in coach is Ariel. <laughs> so accurate. <laughs> hi. Uh, hi. I'm so glad you're back. I missed me you too. last time. Larry and Matilda were awesome yeah, and they, they killed it. But, you know, it's just good to have you back home. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And if you're excited that Ariel is back, oh, boy, are you going to be stoked for this show? Because also joining us is a very, very special guest. If you know we are big plug it up heads here, and I know if you're listening, you are too. So... When I say that we're super excited, you know we mean it. We have the other half of Plug It Up, the one who provides the dulcet tones to the opening theme song, Elizabeth Kyle. Oh, you guys. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I love you, both of you. Um, So I just could, this could be a show where I celebrate you guys, but we... We can save that for like. Awesome. <laughs> um, oh, you're so sweet. That'll be a good switch from usually where we just celebrate plug it up. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I, we appreciate it so much. Like that, Caitlin is amazing. She's, I mean, oh, you all know, is great. Yes, yeah, she is dull. But yeah, it's it's been it's been super super fun. Ah, oh, that's so it's awesome! An awesome dream project. I mean, the concept. As soon as I heard it, I didn't even have to hear a single word, and I was sold. It's, yeah. It is the podcast that I've been wanting to happen that I ne- – it's the thing I never knew I always wanted. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was exactly. the scene from Step Brothers when she was telling me, like, we were – it was just, like, rushing out. Like, it's going to be about Monsters Menstruation. And I was like, oh, my God, and the logo's a tampon. Like, <laughs> okay, okay. But, like – or it could be blood going down a drain. Like, we had several iterations that uh-huh. uh, the lovely Darren was doing for us. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just – it's a blast. It's definitely Caitlin's – project of massive love and like knowing her and she's my bestie so like it's been such an honor to be able to just come hang in that space she's created and mm-hmm. to be I'm the one of the creative directors and so I get mm-hmm. to be pretty hands-on with you know a lot of the stuff that that we talk about and, and end up doing it's it's just so much fun I she needs to all the projects she needs to be yeah. on all the podcasts I just, <laughs> yeah one of my favorite people ever yeah, she's she's great. She has one of those people that you you don't even, even if you haven't met her. Like I've never got the the opportunity to meet her in person, but she's just she like oozes warmth. It's you know real, what I mean? Though. Like yeah. here's what's so crazy is you meet her and like it's it's fucking real. You're like, oh my, oh, I really like you. Like this is not <laughs> at all. Like I'm from the deep south. Like bitches be real petty and fake to you and like. <laughs> Like in a minute, they will cut you. Like it is serious, but no, I was like, dude, this is authentic, and you are just an amazing, wonderful human. That there needs to be more like you. Seriously, I'd clone Caitlin, and she knows this. 
<laughs> yeah, not a lot of bless your heart energy around her. She oh, is. Thank, thank God. She seems legit. So for those people who have stumbled onto our show for the very first time, because we know that if you are longtime listeners, you already know about Plug It Up. Can you t- can you break down what the show is about for the for the new people? Yeah, absolutely. So it began as primarily a podcast about monstrous menstruation, which is a trope in horror, wherein the protagonist um, typically female identifying is uh, going through puberty or adolescence at some stage and also at the same time sort of experience some type of monstrous or strange or unusual transformation outside of, you know, the regular like bullshit that you actually are dealing with with adolescence. Like, so think like ginger snaps, Carrie, anytime you're like growing hair and like teeth and eating people and also, it's like kind of hovering around uh, you becoming a woman. We mm-hmm. were really interested in, in exploring what that is there, like why that pops up as much as it does in popular culture and in genre films specifically. What's so rad, though, is, um, yeah. and I mean, it was immediately after she started to work on season one, it was like, oh, but also, like, let's do, you know, mm-hmm. let's do Monstrous Motherhood and have... Um, it's really going to be like bleeds into yeah, that. Yeah, it does. And then we're going to do. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're going to touch on, like on the crone, like the maiden, mother, and crone kind of yeah. triad. So, oh, that's um, great. Yeah, we'll be doing hopefully some monstrous aging, oh. monstrous menopause type. Yeah, stuff. oh, that's so, great. Yeah, nobody talks about that. That's awesome. I mean, it's yeah, it's just it's so it's such a good time for this show, and to mm-hmm. me, it's such necessary listening. Like, it's just it's. If you're watching these movies anyway, you should be listening to this podcast as well, in yeah. my opinion, because it's... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Required just... reading. That's exactly right. Like, to me, it's like, I, I hope... We do actually have a... T- I believe a teacher was saying that she was going to give her class an assignment to listen to one on a gender study. Uh, we need more of that, please. Like, let's yeah. elevate this conversation a little and quit being so grossed out by females' bodies only. Right. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, just, y'all know, you guys know what's what. Like, it needs to happen. <laughs> it's rad as shit. And Caitlin is the boss for making it happen. Yeah. I love the show. Every every episode, I'm so excited to see what the next one is going to be. Yes. As soon as I see it, I'm like, yes, I desperately need to hear Caitlin and, and Elizabeth talk about this. Oh, my this. gosh. It's, I'm so glad because it's, oh, it's genuinely my favorite time mm-hmm. of the week when I'm on there. And... It's been so much fun getting to know the dynamics between my, as y'all know, you know, it's just so interesting, like myself and other guests that we have on. Because I know Caitlin and I, like, you know, the energy, if you're going in with somebody that's been in your life previous to working with them in a creative space, especially where there's a performance element, you kind of know what that chemistry is like. It's Mm -hmm. been like this amazing, like, almost like speed dating. Because like, I've known some of the people that I've co-hosted with on there and some I have not. So to just be like nice to meet you and now let's talk about um right. Right. Yeah. how so we want to so how we want to like make love to Jesus on the cross as Catholic <laughs> like you know what I mean it's just like getting in there go ahead and get your feet wet it's fun though it's yeah. it's a blast oh that's so cool and i think that Rachel and i had that same experience being on the show where we just instantly started opening up about stuff. She asked about, yes, you know, if we had any period stories. Yes. And then we just immediately started, you know, spilling our guts about it. To you. I was telling my partner, yeah. it's like, it's like the third margarita or something. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't ever plan on saying what I do when I come out. I'm like, hon, don't just go telling all these stories about, like, I'm like, sorry, girl. Like, 
all these people I know that I'm just like fully blowing up. It's okay. <laughs> it's to serve the greater good. Those stories matter, you guys. But sure. uh, no, I've got plenty of my own. Like that, it, it does get you places. And she's such a great, she's a, just a great host in that way because it is so, you know, detached again on just how genuine. Like it really does mm-hmm. foster this very warm environment in which I often forget we're recording. Like that, right. it's super dangerous. I just went through a divorce. It is very dangerous. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. But that's what makes it so good. It is yep. what makes it so good. It truly is. But you, likewise to you guys, like it's, um, you just feel, I feel like I'm like sitting on the couch with y'all listening and I'm so glad Aww, to be virtually so doing this now. Yes. Sitting on oh, this we're couch so happy y'all. to have you here. I mean, that makes me super, super happy to hear because that is exactly what I want. And it's so exciting actually getting to meet more people like you and like Caitlin and a few of the other wonderful, awesome gals out there in the audience because yeah, it's it's hard, especially I don't know if you experience this as a grown up to like meet like minded people, yes. especially in a pandemic. And I feel like it's whenever you find one, you're just like, oh, awesome there is another really great person so i i encourage yeah. people if yes. you are feeling like that reach out to us because yes Please. we want to be friends oh, yeah. and I'm, i am one of those people that's like you will be my friend like I have your <laughs> and i will not stop i don't care if you publicly put me on blast for uh annoying you it's just gonna continue <laughs> not gonna happen mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome well definitely everyone you should 100% be checking out plug it up if you aren't already one of yes, if not yes. my favorite podcasts out there oh you are so sweet the other one you were also recently on was bloody good whore for the Ooh, yes for uh, fear, fear street, street trilogy yes review. another yes. killer episode oh, can you my. talk a little bit about that 100 percent. i can talk all day about it it's my absolute favorite <laughs> young, young adult young adult pulp fiction is a passion mm-hmm. of mine personally when i say i read every Fear Street. I mean, I read the other ones that weren't Fear Street that were named like Cat. There's one that's just named Cat. <laughs> oh, okay. And like, this feline is Deep deadly fun. or something on, on the front. Like, it's bizarre. The, if To me, this was the... So Eric, Bloody Good Horror Eric, will talk about, who is my partner, he will talk about, you know, roaming the aisles of the video store and all the like mm-hmm. 80s slasher, which I, I totally have that memory and that is such a safe place in my heart to go to. I just love it. It's so warm and fuzzy and nostalgic. But where that pings my brain is I was at a B. Dalton and it was Fear mm. Street and it was uh, Christopher Pike. I tried like hell, you guys, on the VC Andrews. It must be something about Catholics and that being like the mm-hmm. line. I don't know if it was like uh-huh. they outright masturbate and fuck their brothers. No. But I couldn't. <laughs> my goth cousin Shannon, who decided to be called Channon when she turned oh my God, like twenty-five, uh huh, right? She always had VC Andrews, and I was like, "How do I get to this level? How do, uh-huh. I, how do I just level up a little? I want to know what's going on in the flowers in the attic and the yeah." But yeah. so Fear Street, you know, that's it's been buzzed about for. I've been waiting for this for a long time. And check out, to the Teen Creeps podcast. They do an awesome job on deep mm-hmm. diving into this whole world, which, you yes. guys, it's bonkers. And if you enjoy podcasts like How Did This Get Made or, you know, any, reading Amazon reviews in your free time like I do sometimes, <laughs> yeah. so bad it's good if that's your thing. Like, uh-huh. please, please check into some of these books. That being uh-huh. said, the movies, Lee Janning did just a – they were Killer. Like, they were awesome. I was like, yeah. the, I, I was so geeking out as a fan who's being serviced. Like, 
I don't care if it's masturbatory service me. Like I want it. They did that. <laughs> they did that. But then it was also good and yeah. still kind of kept the feel of the book. So, I mean, good yeah. on everybody involved with that. Cause it was, it was just a joy. I absolutely had a blast with that episode with all yeah. three of the movies. I've rewatched them like four times. It's it, you'd think I had time on my hands as many times. As <laughs> Listen, we make time for the things that matter. <laughs> I put it on mute and fast forward through the bloody scenes, which there's, a lot, y'all. I can't a watch lot. the second one with my three-year-old in the room because the rest oh, of the time it's uh-huh. just sort of like a gap commercial and I'm like, I, at least I can like, get the feel. <laughs> She's yeah, learning that's... all the words to only happy when it rains. I'm just like, I love you. Yes. Oh, oh my God. So that cute. first movie, the soundtrack, that is the soundtrack of my youth. Does it not fuck so? I mean, I, I was so there for it. Like just I was not at all like, okay, this is a bit my, I mean, I should have been because it is it is offensively nostalgic, but it works it is, so hard. I mean, it's just banger after banger after I know. Banger. I, I, man, Sophie B. Hawkins, like, mm-hmm. damn, I wish I was your love. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, yeah, took me places. I was into it. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really here for this this new 90s nostalgia that's happening. Me, and I so realize what it means is that the people my age are now have reached places in their, their career where they can start making things, which also means I'm getting old. Yeah, <laughs> but you can sell me on 90s nostalgia so easily. It's ridiculous how quickly I'm like, yes, show me the Junkos. So show me those so puka good. shell necklaces. Yes. Put on I'm some like, garbage. Do I see a tiny butterfly hair clip? Oh! <laughs> oh, God. Oh, the, you know what? The degree of butterfly hair clips I had at one time in my life, the sheer variety. It's not right. They were like pogs. I was like, I need glitter. I need bronze. Oh, yeah, I need, boxes like, of them. Yeah. And you know, some people were so cute in them. I was never. No, it didn't work for me. Never. It never looked good. You know what I I always looked like? Do y'all know Land Before Time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, is it Sarah? (laughs) Straight up. Straight up. That is what you look like if you do like one wrong move on those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was making all the wrong moves. Mm -hmm. Well, I have since gotten a cosmetology license and Uh worked at a premier, like a a very um, high level of Ada Salon here in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, there is no right way to put those in. So oh, no. we can all be, be very proud of ourselves that, like, it was not user error. They shouldn't exist. Okay. So UPN was lying to us. Good. Oh, Good to 100%. know. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm so excited you're here. I'm so excited to talk about tonight's movie. I know that sounds like hyperbole, but it's totally no, true. Sorry. I had not seen it since it first came out and revisited it tonight. And I was like, holy shit. I've been sleeping on this movie, so I'm really excited to get into it. Before we get into that, though, really quickly, normally this is the part in the show where I ask Ariel for the latest Pizza Ghost dispatch. I don't know if you've been following along with the saga of Pizza Ghost and then maybe Secret Admirer slash Creeper. <laughs> oh, God. But you've been out of town for the last couple of weeks, so there are no updates, which is very hard for me until I learned that uh elizabeth you have a ghost story you might be able to share with us well it just it's it's strikingly familiar when y'all are talking about like you know maybe it's the super or like maybe oh no oh no maybe you know maybe it's not a ghost maybe you'll wish it was a ghost like when you figure out what you know Mm -hmm. like okay so i until my 30s here's the story i would tell y'all I lived in a straight-up haunted house, Amityville style. A priest came and blessed it. We should have freaking moved. Whoa. It was serious, real deal, just crazy. I mean, when I was sitting down earlier to do just show notes, 
pre-show, like I, you should see, I'll send you all a picture of the page that I'm like, what ghost stories? And I was like, the one where I got locked in the basement when I was 10 and no one else was home or like, <gasps> oh, oh my God. It's <laughs> like, I had to call my dad at work. I was only supposed to be there for like 10 minutes by myself. And anyway, there are too many, there literally are too many. It could be its own podcast, but I will say all the things that happened did start happening after these girls came over to my house in mm, 1995, 90, so I'm really showing my age here and my horrified (laughs) these dates are so ancient (laughs) (laughs) my parents like went to a neighbor's house or something they were like giving us some space we were like sixth grade and so um they it was four girls they where i live in memphis and in much of this sort of area of the south there are houses that are um they're like bungalows from sort of turn of the century they all have attics and basements Mm-hmm. So just so many creepy places for like uh-huh. anyone to go do whatever creepy shit they want to do against the advisory of the person living there. So I just wanted to like, I don't know, watch April Fool's for like the 400th time or <laughs> make them watch pieces again. Cause that's what you do in the sixth grade guys. Yeah. Right. Correct. <laughs> also mom, what? I really want to know what her MPAA standards were. Like what, 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 did, what did it have to check to not come into my house? <laughs> Was it kind of like my parents? If she's distracted for at least two hours, so that's exactly she might right. Be a hyperactive weirdo. That's right. So she and look at us now. The and look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I was very upset that they were doing this even. But they went down to the basement and, like, it's such a. I, I always approach this with. I used to just tell the story so with a megaphone. At part, it was like my cocktail party trick. Yes, because like. People know the neighborhood and enough, honestly, enough people came to my house over the years that were like my parents' friends, my friends, and that kind of had stuff happen that like Memphis is a very big, small town. It, people sort of knew about my house a little bit. Okay. So, oh, wow. so it was always fun for me to just be like, okay, and here's what really, here's how it went down. Someone died. There was a suicide of a very young teen that was mm. at our school and I will know longer girlfriend like I used to be like it was this name they had this kind of what okay so it was tragic horrible I vividly traumatically remember the all school assembly the day it happened the his sister was in our class and it was very Mm. just something that imprints on you like that really like stuck with me and I already a child of anxiety depression and OCD was just I'm sure I could think of nothing else at this time so two days later these girls come over to my house and are like, we went to the library, not the Catholic one. We got a bunch of books about seances, and we've got a Ouija board, and we're going to go to your basement. And we're going to make contact with, yes. And so I was like, oh, like, hell you are. No, 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 no. But they did. And so I was just sitting upstairs, like, angrily watching Save by the Bell reruns or whatever I was doing, waiting on them. They come back up, (laughs) skip up, like, nothing hot, whatever. It was stupid. Then, like, a week later is when this shit starts happening in my house. Like, and oh, when, no. the first thing that happened was I saw, I had one of those, like, accordion hat and bell, belt pegboard holders on my door to my okay. closet in my bedroom. And I had all these, like, chunky 90s belts hung up there. And so I was Amazing. doing homework one night, <laughs> and I hear my Steve Madden, like, brass buckle, whatever, distressed leather. Literally, like, somebody had lifted it off of the door oh, and then let it go no. so I could hear the buckle, oh, like, hitting it. I mean, there was no, like, hmm, that's weird. No, I immediately went and got my parents and were like, hey, there's, what, like, we need to move, I think. 
<laughs> so for a long time they were just like girl what mm, you're crazy like for real it's like the movies a little where i'm like can you listen yeah. to your kid maybe like just oh my god is that a trope that drives you insane it does drive me insane your lived experience it does drive me insane and I, would, I have fully watched movies with my mom where that's happening and she is saying while eating popcorn in my house oh my gosh i just never listen to the kids just listen to your daughter um, like, I, I can't actually like I need to disassociate right now in this moment because I can't deal with this. But yeah, so it was it was pretty like crazy the stuff that like stuff moving and like really loud noises. My parents called the cops multiple times. Whoa. One time, because um, it sounded like a grown man just did laps in our attic and dragged oh furniture God. back and forth. And yeah, That's stuff would terrifying. like terrifying. Yeah, stuff would be moved and missing, and it was really freaky. And so. Probably the third time the cops were dispatched to our house, and I'm sh- I, my parents have their share of anxiety as well. I can only imagine what that breathless call, like 911 call was. <laughs> They're sending it, the SWAT Provide team, the like, tapes. Right. Bring the tapes. Release the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> so they get there, and, like, we're all on the front lawn. I literally remember, like, my, it was so, like, the house is on fire. Get out right now. There's somebody in the attic. Even though this had happened before, and I was like, y'all, it's just that ghost. I told you I was here, like, two years ago. <laughs> and I'm in a towel. Literally, I was in a towel, like this long bath sheet or whatever. And I was like 11 or 12 and had no shoes on. And I'm standing, oh man, my mom oh is going to be God. like, why are you telling this story? Like, we are, like, <laughs> we're like rushed out of the house and we're just standing on the front lawn. And I heard the cops say to my parents, ma'am, you either got someone living in your crawl space or this house is fucking haunted. Oh, <laughs> so scary. So my baby oh. ears will never unhear that. And yeah. that that was it to me. Like send it to press like i'm i live in a freaking haunted house like because to me i mean my mind couldn't even go to the perverse place of like somebody living in my basement or something but now that i'm older y'all i feel like that's what it was you think i don't know i mean that is a thing that happens right it is a thing that that happens and like the more jaded i get just in general Mm -hmm. i was young and it was like santa claus and ghosts and oh maybe she's wearing like a nightgown no I feel like probably in this fucked up world, what it would be is some just absolute chud level yeah. you had- person just living in the slime and with the raccoons like under my basement. You had oh, chodes, cannibalistic right. overhead. Girl, that's exactly what I had. Um, ah, let's hope it wasn't plural. I don't know. Is it like I, they may be weirder if they're by themselves. Maybe you want them to have a dog or a companion. Right, oh, I don't know. At least know. a pet raccoon, right. something. Yeah. Jeez, either way, that is so scary. That's that's right. Either way, it's not cool. This is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, how did this progress to getting a priest out? Oh, that happened pretty quickly after. That was after the probably second time. So within a year, it ramped up to me just feeling and hearing things in my bedroom, mm. and not being able to find things in my bedroom, and like just weird oh stuff. You had a I could go friend. on and on. <laughs> <laughs> And so once it moved, like once my parents started experiencing things and like legit one night I was like, oh, you hear that too? Cool. Okay. Like the footsteps and they called the cops the first time. That's when like real quick, my mom was like, father Kirk. Yes. Can you come on Saturday afternoon? Like I was like, oh, 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 now we get some holy water. Okay. okay. <laughs> Before when it was me telling you, like, listen to me. <laughs> but yeah, right. the priest did come bless the house. My mom did like. The same, like it kind of got more new age, I feel, the older I got. Okay. It turned more towards like sort of sage cleansing and crystals and stuff like that. But 
I'm just I mean, hey, this bring it. Carol Ann. Like, bring this it. house is clean. No, I, used to, <laughs> I used to put a circle of salt outside my bedroom door. Oh, my. Okay, so we're in, like, wow. <laughs> Winchester brother territory. My now. dad would be like, what's this? And I'd just be like, ah, a beauty routine. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> salt in front of your door and you'll need a man no more. I don't fucking know. Just... Make up some southern bullshit and pretend that I'm doing something that's okay because demons live here, y'all. So, <laughs> so yeah. what ended up happening? Did you guys finally just say screw they it? We're moving sold out. It. Too many people are living here. They sold it after. Okay, this ensures I get brought on again. When you guys do a really fun haunted house movie, yeah. I'll tell you the final thing that made my parents Ooh, like get okay. a hotel room. Oh. And sell the house, and they sold the house to a single nurse under the age of thirty. And I told my mom then, and I still think it is exactly what I mean. She, it was that last scene. Spoilers for the ring, but also uh-huh. see the ring because it's fabulous. It was the last scene of the ring where they're like, "We have to find an old man and push his finger onto the button so that he does the thing and gets the curse." <laughs> it's like it follows where you're like, "You gotta go fuck some random because you need the spirit to not." follow you anymore my parents were just like oh do you like it yeah it's super art deck yeah okay sign bye (laughs) (laughs) and i look it up all the time i look it up all the time i drive by it all the time it's been sold like four times since five times since last time oh oh yeah it's like yeah people are packing up pretty it wasn't just us and y'all i've thought about doing a podcast that's like where are you all now and i want your stories I would a hundred percent listen to that even if it was just a mini series like I i just want it to be like love that Listen while I try to find all these Karens that lived at this house and really come up totally empty-handed, but isn't it interesting? Oh, yeah, that would it's be, fascinating. I mean, there's got to be property information. Oh, yeah, yeah. there has like, to be. Public. I want, like, microfiche. Like, I want that scene and, like, now and then where I'm, like, yeah, exactly. Up, like, oh, yeah. Is microfiche still a thing? I still remember doing that at the library. I remember doing that. In the ancient... When I was in high school, days. it was still a thing, but and I don't know. They would print out those on the waxy uh-huh. paper, and yes. I always felt like I was, you know, Important Nancy drewing yes. it up. Okay. But I was really just getting shit for my like pioneers <laughs> for your, your book bio, your biology report or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was some peer-reviewed journal, but I'm like, I feel like a ghost hunter. And also, we'd always have to go to like the. It was in a weird under everything else part of our public library, the main one, and there was this like gatekeeper to all the like old shit you want to look at for that purpose. And I, this is, they would always just ask me like, you know how to work it? And I'd be like, mm-hmm. no, I didn't. And so <laughs> I, I don't know why I felt like here's where I really need to like put my members only jacket on and like flex. Why wouldn't I just be like, no, please come help me. Cause I probably ruined like, really important old duck. You were having a very <laughs> cinematic moment though. Like you That's had what to I wanted. That. And the movies they're not like, yeah, let's Janet, come help me. Let's get this Right, right. No, they're going. on their yeah. own in a corner. That's right. For hours. I'm yeah. already picturing the podcast art. It's going to be a redacted microfiche thing. <gasps> Oh my gosh. Right? Oh, love <laughs> love That's it. what it's got to be. <laughs> yeah, I'll be messaging you later on this. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, that lived up to the hype. I cannot Good. wait to hear more. And as if you weren't already going to get an invite to come back anytime you want, you'll definitely have to come oh, back. Oh, yeah. I like to make sure. Guaranteed now. <laughs> I like to leave, leave a pair of panties wherever I go, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. So let's 
for those people who are new here, let's put out our spoiler warning so that we can let people know how we operate spoiler-wise if they're new to the show because perhaps they're a, a wall ghost and they're following Elizabeth to go. our show for the first time. Yeah. Ariel, how do, how do we handle spoilers here on this podcast? Yeah, so first I'm going to tell you a bit about the director and the production of the movie, and then the three of us are going to give you sort of our general thoughts about this movie and whether you should check it out. And then we're going to drop the final spoiler warning. And after that, everything's up for grabs. We're going to ruin the ending. And this movie has a lot of twists and turns. So beware of that. If spoilers bother you, go watch the movie and then come on back. All right, let's get into this. Now, we are going to be reviewing the film The Invitation, directed by Karen Kusama. So first of all, I like to know why people select the movies that they select. So what do you think? Okay, so recently you guys were talking about, with Caitlin actually, litmus test stories or mm-hmm. like films yeah. potentially. Um, this I didn't even realize until I was writing notes out about my general thoughts now was totally my litmus te- test movie for like a good chunk of time after it came out. Nice. So when I used to do hair, we would when we would close on Fridays at, we were kind of late for that industry, I guess. Like we close at technically eight, but like if you had clients running over, it would be much later sometimes. And I lived very close to the salon and had a pretty expansive DVD collection. And then also was, I think the only person there that would just be like, fuck it. We'll rent anything. I don't care if it's buy only, like just buy it. Like my Amazon was crazy at the time. But, uh, so we all, like, all the, all Making the... Making it rain Amazon yes. rentals. <laughs> like, how to lose a guy in 10 days? Girl, I don't even care. Do it. <laughs> uh, like, it's probably on TBS right now. I don't even care. <laughs> so, yeah, they would come over. Like, we would just, like, kind of have these impromptu, as we're doing side work at the end of the night, like, we want to come watch a movie at your house. Because, like, it would, it, it's, like, people who I, I describe as sort of, like, hybrids it's like half normies mm, they definitely okay. uh-huh. they're like they're like horror bisexuals as one i think i can <laughs> use that term here. they definitely get in moods and want to be like adventurous sometimes and like i was the person they went to to be like okay what you got what are we gonna watch mm-hmm. so this movie would be one that i would put on in pretty heavily mixed company if there was somebody that was a straight normie there. Like, okay, mm-hmm. so if it be somebody bringing their significant other for the first time or or their sister's in town and, like, she's coming. I don't. I have no background information on you. I'm Too many times I've suggested Black Mirror. People watch season one, episode one, if you're familiar oh, with the that national is also anthem. That is a test. Girl, <laughs> I can't tell you how many Karens, speaking of, came back to Pavo mm. and were like, Honey, what is wrong with you? Do you ever <laughs> tell anyone ever to watch that show? It is a literal piece of trash. And I'm like, oh my God, I did, I meant to just skip that episode. And if you liked the one that was kind of like American Idol, maybe later go back. I mean, oh, it was just such a mess. It was such a mess. Especially when you know it. It's partially right? based on a true story. Right. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I, th- I, that is mortifying. Like the ladies who like came back and were just like, I watched that with my son. I was like, oh, no, no. Sorry. I definitely did not not give you the correct disclaimer then and yeah that was very important to skip the first one but so then it it definitely became this movie um as sort of a like what does that say about me even too it's like kind of a safe bet where it's like it's just not loud or aggressive in the way some are even intro kind of level horror can be it's more dinner party vibe our barometers break 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The things that oh, to me do. are like, whatever. People will come back and just be like, shell shock. I know. <laughs> like, I can't I believe like, you recommended that to me. Yeah. I have told far too many people that Hostel 2 is just really a good movie. Like, <laughs> even if you don't like horror, it's just good filmmaking. It's good storytelling. You guys just, like, just give it a chance. And, like, <laughs> oh, Lord. I just, I need to, I need to remember my audience, which is why I like being spaces like this. Um, because mm-hmm. I know yeah, my fucking absolutely. audience. And, like, y'all are with me. So, you know. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so the invitation was one that I would put on pretty frequently. Which gave me this kind of false illusion that, like, I had this would be a a millionth rewatch for me, and that I was gonna just know the beat so well because I've experienced it so many times. I used to drink a lot, and uh, I don't think that I could consider many of those rewatches. I would say this is probably the second and a half time I've seen it, and uh, yeah, it hit differently now than it did. Uh Uh You know, yeah, yes. I had a not the preamble, but the the hit differently experience was definitely something that I'm going to touch on mm-hmm. because that was definitely true for me too. <laughs> and it's true for all art created pre pandemic. I mean, I feel like pre 2016. Yeah. Like uh-huh. I don't know, the world's just like such a different place. It really is the uh, degree of existential dread that we all uh-huh. collectively have now is real different. Totally. Different. <laughs> and we can we can touch on this as we go, as I'm sure we would organically anyway, after us all experience experiencing collectively what the Nexium reality was, it's yeah, it's a different oh, yeah. viewing. Good point. I feel like. mm-hmm. That is actually Absolutely. a great point. I had not thought about it, but oh my god. Did you watch the the HBO what is it, yes. the Bow? Yes. Obsessively. Oh my <laughs> god. I listen to the podcast. Uh-huh, like. me too. <laughs> yeah, cults are fascinating to me. And this is... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is yes. one that does... It does hold up in many ways. In a lot of ways, it's just really... Just different watching mm-hmm. it now. But yeah. Yeah, Great. I was always afraid to read Dianetics as a kid because I was like, oh God, I'm going to get... <laughs> do you have this very common problem because we have the answer yeah it was like y'all it was like the um catheter commercial of its day or whatever (laughs) (laughs) you knew you were watching some semi like weird like maybe not conservative but like old part like yeah (laughs) i felt like i wasn't the audience when i was nine and like it still was like off putting to me in a way that like felt very like, is this a health spa or is this a Yeah. And it was always vegetables. sandwiched between those really creepy time life book commercials. Oh, Do you remember yeah. those mysterious yes, those used to give me nightmares. Oh, oh god, those were so scary. They weren't they? So I think those two, were gateway horror. <laughs> but this shit, y'all, oh my God. Like, if I woke up on the couch and one of those time life right? blocks Ooh. would be on where it's like, yes. remember that I would laugh. Like, I would seriously just be like yes. throwing like, the aliens one scared me so bad. Mm-hmm. But I oh my gosh. No. I, remember I had a VHS that I had taped something off TV and it was like late at night. So there was a part where I knew I had to fast forward <laughs> or else That's I was going to so see funny. mysteries of the unknown and I was going to oh. be bummed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like okay, the I have page totally. of the book I ripped out of scary stories that I made my brother shred and put in the freezer. Oh. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't blame you, you in a That's haunted awesome. house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> sensitive. Those art, that art from those is, is another total gateway horror oh, situation. Gosh, totally. When you read them, they're kind of whatever because, but it's all about that art. Uh, it was, oh, yeah, totally, art it was completely art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Alvin Schwartz. What's up? 
(laughs) (laughs) All right, Ariel, tell me a little bit about Karen Kusama and the making of this here movie film. Sure. All right. So Karen Kusama was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Her father is a Japanese child psychiatrist and her mother is a Midwestern educational psychiatrist. Oh, so I feel like her childhood might have been interesting. <laughs> a lot of analysis in that home. <laughs> right? <laughs> she went to film school at NYU Tisch School of the Arts. And then later she wrote and directed her first film in 2000, which was a boxing drama called Girl Fight starring Michelle Rodriguez in her very first role. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was a low budget film that she financed independently. It premiered at Sundance and it won the directing prize and the shared grand jury prize in narrative competition. And because of that, she was able to get it distributed all around the world, which is pretty amazing for such a newbie with a, Mm -hmm. you know, low budget film. Yeah. So because of the success with Girl Fight, it really put her career on this trajectory where she was able to do big things with big studios afterwards. So her next film was the blockbuster sci-fi action film Eon Flux, which Mm. premiered in 2005. So her husband, Phil Hay, and his writing partner wrote the script for it. And she was given a budget of $62 million to make it. But she said that even though there was more money for the project, working with the big studio proved pretty challenging for her. I guess there was a lot of miscommunication between the people who were making the film and then the financing and marketing departments, as well as the executive administrators from the studio. And so after she had finished making the movie the way she wanted to make it, it was then edited by an entirely different team who hadn't worked on the movie and she had no say in how it was edited. Interesting. Because it is such a weird outlier in her catalog. It really is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So they essentially butchered the film. And then she was butchered in the press because the film wasn't any good, even though it wasn't really because of what she had done. Harumph. Yeah. So she said in an interview that she did with Medium in 2019, okay, she described it this way. Quote, it was kind of like playing in the playground and having a toy and then having it get stomped on and sent back to me to fix which was a distressing and difficult experience for me. I like that. Also, yeah. Chi- <laughs> daughter of a child psychologist. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, showing her stripes there. And she yeah. was that was very, I was like painting a work picture. <laughs> <laughs> so after she made Eon Flux, her next film was Zombie Girl's favorite, Jennifer's yeah. Body. Oh, yes. Oh, that yeah. movie. <laughs> So there are endless things to talk about when it comes to Jennifer's body and how the film was treated, how Megan Fox and Diablo Cody and Karen Kusama were treated after the movie came out. The poor marketing. middle fingers to everyone. Yes, everything to do with that. I'm going to talk about it a little bit, but I know that eventually we're going to cover this movie and we can go into great detail then. So I will be leaving some stuff out. Okay. Yeah. So this was also a studio film. With a budget of about $17 million. And with this film, she was actually mostly happy with how it turned out. But it was marketed in a way that she completely disagreed with. So the film was conceived of by women. And she intended it to be seen by women and to be marketed to women. But instead, the studio marketed it largely to a male audience. Mm -hmm. And that she was very unhappy with and kind of screwed everything up. 
She said that working with a studio versus financing independently is really a trade-off. With the studio, you get resources, you get a longer shooting time, but you lose creative control that you would get with an indie movie. Tell me if you saw this or if this is true or yeah. if I've just made it up, but I had read something about she when she went to the studio, she complained about the direction of the marketing and they just mm-hmm. responded with Megan Fox equals hot. Essentially. Oh, so fucked up. Yeah, because they really wanted to market it, like I said, towards a male audience. So they really hyped up the Megan Fox of it all. And the kiss. Mm-hmm. Oh, the kiss. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, they got the full <laughs> cruel intention treatment yeah. like mm, it was like yes what movie yes. this kiss <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like actually that a really fun. fucking good movie go watch it like, yeah totally yeah. Mm-hmm. so in that same interview that i quoted from earlier she said of jennifer's body i'm really excited that people are reevaluating the movie and giving it a second chance or even better just discovering it on their own free from all the framing and marketing that came from the original release of the mm-hmm. film that really twisted its meaning and distorted its themes mm-hmm. yeah no kidding. I remember coming out of that movie and just being so psyched and then yeah. watching yes. it, them tear it apart. Same. Oh, yeah. I was so just flabbergasted and then so, like, bummed about that reception. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It was, it was like, kind of a, a uh, I would say, on my trajectory to becoming a woman-directed super fan, this is probably square one Same. or two yes, on absolutely. that path. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was like... The world was gaslighting me about that movie. Right? Like, yeah. 100%. Movie freaking rad. And also, can about? we talk about how much I love um, Adam Brody for being apparently so woke to be this character in this movie, no spoilers, mm-hmm. and also pop up in Promising Young Woman Act 1, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's our Mr. O.C. I love him. And it, then it's just like real life and it's disgusting and he's a monster but yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's really good he was great and ready or not too. i was Dude, saying, saying yes yeah. like, uh, i have like a i have a crush on him but, <laughs> i mean yeah. you can do worse yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's kind of dreamy and i was obsessed <laughs> with the oc which more on that later because trey um ryan's brother is Mar- logan marshall green Oh, oh, really? I did yes. not know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, weird. interesting. Okay. We're having like weird six degrees separation. I, also, I mean, that Through the Tree song is a banger. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Which one? Through the Trees from oh, Jennifer's Body is a banger. Uh-huh. Yes, it is. <laughs> I am, no, but I'm such a sucker. Like, I want to buy the album of the... Yeah, band. Oh, the band. Band. Like, yeah. I love Lindsay Lohan's band in Freaky Friday. Legit, they're kind of good. Like, can I just get the full album? Amazing. <laughs> All right. So after Jennifer's Body, she started directing TV shows, including Halt and Catch Fire and The Man in High Castle. Mm. And then seven years after directing Jennifer's Body, she finally directed The Invitation. It premiered at South by Southwest, and then it had a limited theatrical release in 2016, and then went into VOD. So the script for this one was again written by her husband and his writing partner. And when she came on board to direct the invitation, you will probably not be surprised to hear that she was met with a lot of pushback from the financiers who questioned her abilities as a director. Wow, okay. (laughs) But Kusama felt it had much more to do with her gender than her skills. In an interview with the Daily Beast, she said, everybody kept saying, the thing is, this is execution dependent. She said incredulously, 
Do you tell that sort of thing to Sundance phenoms who happen to be male? Do you dare tell them that it's execution dependent? Like that's a bad thing because somehow you can't execute. All movies are execution fucking dependent. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Get them. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, though, she was able to get the support of Game Changer Films, which is actually an equity fund launched in 2013 to finance female driven projects. And she was able to get the support she needed and a $1 million budget to film the invitation. And because it was independent and she wasn't working with a big studio, she had complete 100% creative control over the whole movie. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like there's a real leap in quality. Uh Uh-huh. From Ian (laughs) Flex. So with the invitation, she really struggled to figure out how to market the film without giving away all the twists and turns. Because obviously a big part of this movie is what happens in that final act. Ooh, baby. Yeah. She worked with a distribution company called Drafthouse Films, who actually decided to use some of the same methods of advertisement as Hitchcock did with Psycho, where essentially you don't tell anybody anything about the film. You Mm -hmm. just keep saying that they need to go see it for themselves to believe what happens. Oh, I love that. I remember that, Mark. That's what, like, hooked me. Hooked you. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, Mm -hmm. yes, on this movie. I wish there was more mystery and marketing in I do, too. I miss that. I want to Cloverfield oh, every fucking movie I see. I want to like hunt for shit. I miss Lost and getting on Reddit forums about oh, yeah. the island. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So now good. trailers give away so much of the movie. Yeah. I don't. I barely watch them anymore. Me Gotta too. Continue. Me too. If I know I'm gonna watch a movie. I don't watch the trailer anymore. Same. Because yep. I'm pre-sold, and now all I'm gonna do is ruin things for myself. That's exactly right. It's not gonna do anything good. Mm-mm. Yeah. So they were able to shoot the whole movie essentially in sequence. So for the first few weeks of filming, yeah, because normally you just shoot completely out of sequence. Yeah. So for the first few weeks of filming, they were really just making a drama. That's so interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, and she also said that one of the cool things was is they hired a bunch of people who were essentially unknowns. Mm -hmm. I mean, not everybody, but a big part Mm -hmm. of the cast. And that when they all got to set, a bunch of them realized that they had worked together previously and actually knew each other. So they so had a reunion. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Chills. Seriously. Chills. Yeah. It's crazy. But then there were also people who had never worked together before. So, for instance, Logan Marshall Green and the guy who plays Pruitt, whose name I'm blanking on at John the moment, they had never met. Girl. That's such a good – that's a that's a true-to-the-story kind of mix, though, that it's like – that's a fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So because they shot it in sequence, it was just a drama at first, and then all of a sudden they had to film the final act. And so when shit hits oh the gosh. fan in the script – a lot of the actors, especially those who had never been in a horror movie before, I guess got very emotional because they had grown so attached <gasps> to all of the characters. Amazing! Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I just love it even more. I know. I know. And, okay, she also said that one of the real strengths of this movie, she believes, is that there isn't really a true villain in right. it. That it can sometimes be hard during the course of the movie to tell who's the antagonist and who's the protagonist. And that she really has a lot of empathy for what the characters are going through, which means that you don't 100% villainize anybody in the movie, which makes it more mm-hmm. complex. I think that's mostly true. Yeah. I mean, not 100%. We're going to talk about someone I later agree. that I need to get some <laughs> yes, input exactly. on. Because I don't know how I feel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So after the invitation, she went on to direct a segment for the anthology horror movie XX, where I each just short rewatched that. Today oh, you did? I'm sorry oh, to awesome! Yes. No, you're fine. That's great. So each short in that one was directed by a different woman, and her piece, if you're interested in checking it out, is called "Her Only Living Son." And it's the whole the thing is really good. Piece, so you can just go like to the last third of the movie. Great. And it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's the uh, unofficial Rosemary's Baby sequel, right? Oh. Oh. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So it's oh, supposed to be Rosemary down I'm the road. I'm to watch that again. That makes total yeah. sense. Oh, my gosh. Like, I literally should take a photo of what I can see right now because there's nothing that's not spooky. And, like, I watched that whole thing. And it's not the first time I've seen it. Today. And I just was listening to the Rosemary's Baby plug it up. And I literally was not making that connection. But, <laughs> of course. And it's, oh, that's fabulous. Right? Isn't that cool? <laughs> Yeah, I also love awesome. the party segment in that. It was so amazing. Oh, the Me birthday too. party. So is that St. Vincent? Is... is that her piece? I can't remember. Okay, it is. Yeah. Oh, I so believe it good. is, yeah. And the, the actress, I'm blanking on her name. I love her. Melanie Linsky, I want to say? Yep. Lu- yes, okay. that is right. See, I can't remember last week, but I could tell you that. <laughs> my brain. Say, I know. It's my <laughs> brain <laughs> well, you know, is broken. This whole movie, XX, was paying all my plug it up censors because oh, yeah. that first segment about the mother yeah. oh, and yeah. the kids in the box. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, Caitlin, Caitlin, it's about hunger. Come here. It's like, it's about like cannibalism and, and motherhood and it's oh, oh, that it's so would be good. a good one for you guys to talk about. I know. Yeah. I really need for you guys to cover We Are What We Are. Oh, I yes. yes, I'm all oh, about that you. movie. That I'm would be a great with one. That movie, I need you guys to cover. Me too. It. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm sidetracking. I'm just too excited. No, no, you know what, fine. Elizabeth? I, I need to take a note because you need to come on. <laughs> I know we we need to just like watch a movie, like hang out, so everyone in the world is not like, okay, we get it. Y'all like each other. Your friends are go on. We should have like a, a group watch, a girls group watch. Oh, I would we love that. We totally so should. Fun. Oh my gosh. Yes. If we don't have We Are What We Are scheduled, I'm going to lobby yes, for please, you please as um, yeah, guest host on that because I'm, I'm a big fan too. Yeah, that's a really good one. All right. So after she did XX, she started directing TV again and she's directed a bunch of shows, including Billion, In Treatment, and more recently, The Outsider, mm-hmm. that Stephen King mm-hmm. one, and The Mysterious Benedict Society that is out on Disney Plus right now. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, which is a a big departure. But good for her. Um, Yeah. (laughs) In 2018, she directed the movie Destroyer, starring Nicole Kidman, that got really Mm -hmm. good reviews. And currently, she's filming an episode of an upcoming show called Yellow Jackets that's going to be about high school girls' soccer team who gets stranded in the interior wilderness after their plane crashes. And it's starring Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis. (laughs) So I'm very excited for that. Sold and sold and what? How did I know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like yeah, I think it's coming out in a couple of flies months. meets alive, but with girls. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, gimme, 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 gimme. So she is also in development right now on a new Dracula movie for Blumhouse yes. that's going to be part of the same Universal Monster cinematic universe that The Invisible Man was a part of. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I so I don't know that. when it's going to come out, but I'm very excited and apparently. This is going to be a real adaptation of the book, and 
isn't going to romanticize Dracula as much. Dracula is not going to have the double beehive. I'm out. Listen, (laughs) (laughs) if he doesn't look like Marie Antoinette, I will not come. (laughs) This is the hill that we die on. (laughs) Powdered wig. (laughs) Yeah, and that's Karen Kasama. Awesome. Awesome. So cool. Yeah. I, I know I do this every time, but I just love hearing about these directors. They're just always so I do. cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, she's such an interesting one, too, because she so quickly got that trajectory that we keep talking about. of yes. Directors who direct something independently and then get picked up by studios and get to do something big. Only misogyny got in the right. way and right. held her right. down they couldn't get across you know? the finish line they had to like yeah <sighs> yeah and so now she sort of had to make a career for herself and she's done really Which well she has so. that's, yeah, yeah. that's really it right. yeah it sounds like she's getting another chance to go at it and that's so exciting so exciting and yeah. she's like that's pretty premier tv that she's got her hand yeah. in mm-hmm. sort of directing here and there because it's like masters of sex like everything i was saying i was just like oh okay this is like yeah, really Where good Where you stuff. want to be. Oh, um, Halt and Catch yeah. Fire. She'd had like yeah. four episodes. So, yeah. All right, Karen. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So, let's get into our non-spoilery thoughts. Elizabeth, what do you think of The Invitation? I think, first and foremost, I am absolutely convinced that Jordan Peele of Get Out, mm-hmm. like, that that... He saw this movie and was like, I like that opening. Yeah. I have melded these two in my mind for so long that I literally can't remember what couple is experiencing which animal and what happened. Like it's it's become this like rat king of a memory in my (laughs) mind where like I just don't know whose face I'm even seeing. And when I re-experienced it the other night, I was like, this is the movie I always flip between when I'm trying to think of that scene from Get Out. And it's super effective. So off the bat, I feel like the tension building is there and really is -hmm. working. I mean, I'm already so in with Logan Marshall Green. People who have these, like, multiple first names, I'm convinced. I have, like, name dyslexia that I'm just going to be, like, inverting. (laughs) We're going to call him Will. Yes, let's do it. But, yeah, he's... He's so rugged in this and so, like, grizzled. It's very weird it. when he doesn't um, have the beard. I'm like, grow it back, grow it, it back, grow weird. it back. <laughs> I love it. He's 100% budget Tom Brady, but I prefer it a little mm-hmm. bit. He's, like, sort of the, like, slighter version physically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tom Hardy? Or, oh, my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. Like, deflate Tom Hardy. Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> Is he a, wait, is he a sports I think so. Yeah. I don't even know sports. No. So that is hilarious. Like, what? what just awesome. We picked this shit up by osmosis, I'm telling you. I know, right? It's our own language. Yeah, but so I've always, I, I've been a fan of his since the mm-hmm. OC. And he was like a bad boy on there. And I totally had a crush on him there first. And then was like <laughs> super psyched to see because he was real clean cut on there. I was really excited to see him like them rough it up a little. Yeah. But yeah, so I had everything I needed to show up excited for this movie. And they gave you very little so that I can very succinctly say what got me in my seat and excited about this was I love a movie that's like, we're not going to fucking tell you. You yeah. just need to see it. That just like 
how gross can we get on this? How late I'm on Go period for it. I mean, if if at some point you want if something cut, we can cut it, but we don't really it, have boundaries. So yeah, no, we, we don't. We, <laughs> I guess I'm talking my multiple person. We don't either. Um, <laughs> it like legit makes me wet. These like <laughs> these trailers that are like, uh, uh-uh. nope. I'm not going to show you anything. And in fact, I'm going to like kind of like rudely and in a bossy manner tell you just fucking see it. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, you want to bottom a little speaks. bit when you're watching a trailer. I'm about to say, I'm probably showing my hand a bit. And I'm but I'm just so into it. So like that, he was in it. They had that going. And then I could tell us that it was the construct of like who's coming to dinner and like it's like right. the April Fool's like re- like we don't know why Muffy yeah. St. James or St. John's <laughs> invited us all here but we're gonna oh and it's also the plot of Sunburn Fear Street R.L. Stein which I just finished oh. for an essay I'm writing but that like who's who why are we all invited and like oh we haven't seen each other in so long I love it another mm-hmm. one just shout out y'all should see if you haven't is um it used to also be another litmus. It's like the next step up litmus test because I got like real, real shamed a few times for showing this to like <laughs> mixed company. It's like, would you rather with Britney? Oh Snow? yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. Soft Gray. tissue damage. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love it. But yeah, so I was I was psyched for it. Like I came in ready to enjoy it, was not disappointed, and then it literally made a bunch of people I know watch it with me watching them watch it. So I'm sure that was enjoyable for them. Oh, I love those movies though, where you get the pleasure of watching it, and then you get the pleasure of making other people watch it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and watching the movie unfold, and you can see the realizations happen across the other person's uh-huh. face. Yeah, I, love I mean, that's it. also kind of yeah. our dynamic, kind of mine like, and Ariel. Yeah, like that's our thing. Right. I make you watch things. Like, I was gonna say it is kind of pink. It's like voyeuristic. Like I just want to be like, uh huh. Yes. I knew and you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you experience extreme emotions right now, and I'm not. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I'm very favorable on it, and um, yeah, recommend hard. Awesome. Oh, how about you, Miss Ariel? What did you think of this? So I love this movie. Uh-huh. This is the second time that I'm watching it, and even though there are these big twists and turns that happen in it. I still really liked it the second time, even though I knew what was going to happen because Mm -hmm. I saw things a little bit differently and I noticed things I hadn't noticed before. Right. It's a really good movie. Mm -hmm. I think that the acting is just phenomenal across the board, and I'm sure we'll get into it more in the spoiler review, but everybody does such a good job. And one of the things I really like about it is the dinner party aspect of it. Yes. It has kind of big chill vibes, you know, Hmm. where everybody's coming Uh back and they're dealing with a a loss and grief and people getting to know each other again after being, you know, not seeing each other for a long time. It's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got this sort of very intimate, emotional story with a very gut punchy ending. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And sort of I love that there's so much realism in the interactions between the different characters and then it goes to some completely unexpected places. So yeah, I just think this movie is so good and it talks about grief and loss and interesting ways where you're not having big exposition dumps, Mm -hmm. you know, you're just getting Mm -hmm. glimpses of it based on little things people are saying and little you know tiny bits of flashback so i really appreciated that the one thing i will say for people who've never seen it before if you don't like a slow burn movie 
you might have trouble with this because it definitely is a slow burn. I think the way that it builds tension is really great and the ending is super satisfying. So it's worth getting through some of the slower aspects. But if you don't like a slow movie, this might not be for you. Yeah. If you're like me and you live to be a fly on the wall, there's a voyeuristic quality to oh, a lot yes. of these, these <laughs> asides, that, which I think you're what you're referring to in terms of the slow burn is there is a lot yes. of Will just having one-on-ones or one-on-twos yes. with people. But as someone who's very interested in other people's interpersonal life and <laughs> getting to peek on what they're thinking, I I loved it. But I also know that it was like built in a test tube for me. So yeah, well, exactly. yeah. depending yeah. on your mileage with that kind of thing, you might be like, what's slow pace? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a big fan of this movie the first time I saw it right when it first came out, which I, I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. I've already said this. But this time, I think I definitely enjoyed it even more because mm-hmm. as much as I do not think you should spoil this for yourself, there is a particular brand of enjoyment that you will have watching this the second time because you can Mm -hmm. instead of trying to solve the puzzle you can watch you can step outside the matrix and kind of watch it all come together in a way that is very satisfying i will Mm -hmm. say that i was red herringed by one particular character which we could talk about in spoilers i don't know Mm -hmm. if anybody else was like that person's in on it and then they weren't (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of my signature move yeah Okay. I think we just all are now conspiratorial now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been a long, <laughs> long five years. Yeah, we're uh, all rear windowing it at this point. For yeah. sure. I also think timing-wise, which we've talked about, definitely made this movie hit harder for me this time. Like so many movies living through the last few years has really put a new lens on things. Mm-hmm. You know, in particular things like despair <laughs> desperation <laughs> yes, hopelessness. a desire for release <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all of these things basically the impact was that in the past i viewed this with a sympathetic perspective and mm-hmm. this time through i felt like it was a much more empathetic one for a variety of yeah, characters which was mm-hmm. not necessarily the case the first time i watched it yeah that's a great point yeah. And even though I knew the beats of the movie, I knew generally where it was going. It has a very iconic ending that I definitely remembered. It really did hit me harder emotionally this time I watched it in the best way. I was kind of rattled by the end. The last yeah. act mm-hmm. is so intense. And then the the last shot is so grim yeah. but amazing. That if you have nobody to turn to after... <sighs> You see it, too. I hate that. I just want to, like, to the ether be like, what? I'm oh I'm yeah. so glad that I got to turn around and do this tonight because I've kind of – I've been holding it all afternoon and I'm ready to, to process. <laughs> As a horror fan, that's a sensation that I'm constantly chasing Seeking. is that feeling of being it. rattled. So, yeah. And I, then being able to get it from a movie you've already right. seen. That's quality. How often does that yeah, happen? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I definitely recommend this. Don't spoil it for yourself or no. do what choose your own adventure. But whatever it is, put this in your eyeballs because one of my friends, right. it's like her kink to spoil horror movie and like no! specifically movies with I know twists. People like that. It's so specifically. weird. Why? She will take the books I'm reading when we store together in the break room, flip it to the last chapter <gasps> and be like, oh, ha, ha, and then like hand it back to me. And I'm just like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? That's <laughs> so <laughs> mean. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I don't know. Surprises are overrated. I'm like, you, who are you? you? To you. (laughs) That is your truth. Oh, Oh, I'd be so hot. (laughs) I'd be like, friendship over. Um, (laughs) All right. So, for those of you at home, we have given you the spoiler warnings. You now know that we're going to spoil everything. This is me giving you time to fumble around in your pocket and find your player you've got it now hit the pause we'll see you soon all right spoilers all right i'm gonna give you the synopsis of this movie and it is gonna spoil shit so here we go when the movie opens will and his girlfriend kira are heading into the hollywood hills for a dinner party a very awkward dinner party that he seems very nervous about and there is an incident with a coyote that we don't need to talk about moving on when we (laughs) arrive in the house it's a gorgeous mid-century modern palatial mansion that i was like drooling over and it turns out that's the house where will used to live with his ex-wife eden the two have not seen each other for two years they separated after the tragic loss of their son and eden disappeared to mexico and came back with a whole new attitude and a new boyfriend that looks a lot like and a girlfriend (laughs) kind of that looks a lot like uh her new her old man yeah he does Somebody has a type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Eden is... And it's me, because I am also in him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think the type is yeah. handsome with beard. <laughs> okay, so Eden is weirdly serene about her son's death. And over the course of the night, we find out the reason for that. And the reason for this reunion with all these friends who haven't seen each other for a while is because they kind of want to sell them a little bit on their new cult. Well, they need a new promo video. They sure do. Right. That one didn't work, work so well. <laughs> they can use a jingle. They need a and jingle. So, do you need a jingle? Because here we've got, like, you think it can't have a jingle, but listen to this one from my hometown. We've dedicated our lives to you, Wolf Chase Lim and Brace. Because it's a prosthetics shop. <laughs> so if you can sing in a lovely soprano about artificial limbs, I I can work for you. Amazing. That was amazing. It's always Bravo. my favorite yeah, Now did you write that jingle? I didn't. I wish. Oh, because um, it sounds, I mean, I, obviously you're singing it and you're putting your spin on it, but. Oh, well, I've heard it since like 1989, but like. It's just plays in Memphis all the time because it's like wolf chase, limb embrace for all your um, like artificial leg needs and prosthetics, resizing and repairing. And it's like a locally owned joint that joint. had the same theme <laughs> for a very long time. It's, it is, uh, I'll tell you another one just for giggles. Uh, Sissy's Log Cabin is the finest Amazing. jewelry retailer um, in the tri-state Delta area. Not what I what thought that business would be. Name and it's, it's someone who you could imagine looks like Sissy that would live in a log cabin on the commercials. And she's going... Life's too short for anything but fine jewelry. Like, it's just like, okay. Also, Sissy's Log Cabin needs to be a gay bar. I'm sorry. Or it's, a strip ooh, club. Yes. It's oh, like, oh, gay bar. Oh, no, I like that. Yes. Right? Sissy's Log yeah. Cabin. It's got a few words. Got wood. It. Yes. Sissy. Mm-hmm. It's, all the, it's all the things that we queer folks like. Okay. I so <laughs> Back to your regularly scheduled programming. So they discover that she has joined a cult called The Invitation, which needs a jingle. And she mm-hmm. would like to uh, invite her friends to be members of this as well. 
over the course of the night, things get very awkward and then they get very violent. And it turns out that the invitation is not just about creepily sitting by deathbeds, but also it's a death cult. And tonight is the big Ascension night. There's a fight to the death and the few who survive the impromptu massacre make it out of the house in time to learn that they are not alone. That this is happening everywhere, as evidenced by the red lanterns that dot the horizon. And it's grim and freaking awesome! And then you get that rise, the swell of emergency Yeah, and gunfire. And like, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Helicopter flying oh, overhead. Mm-hmm. You hear the dog barking. You're just like, oh god, this is chaos. And the thing yes. is, is, this is one of those moments where I was like, this feels a little too real mm-hmm. present. So... Now that the spoiler warnings have been declared and you can say whatever the hell you want, Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. let's talk about what what worked about this movie for you. Let's get your pros. Well, in a way that I did not give two shits about before because I guess I have no heart. I I really, 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 it hit so hard the losing a child this time. I, I was mm. not a mother the last rewatch of this. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was like yeah. doing Jaeger shots the last rewatch of this. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> like with my beautiful angel baby asleep in the room uh, right on the hall. Watching this, I was just like, yeah, that's like hard. That, it does get a lot harder to sure. just casually view. Like it, you know what it does too, though? It definitely has reset my barometer for like dealing with that in movies. Cause mm-hmm. if you're just, if you're just pulling that in, for like heartstring here and like we want tears and this is yeah. just some bullshit way to make you care about a character and add depth, quote unquote. Yeah. If it's the baby in the quiet place, I get really angry about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You don't want to see the baby in the device, little mask in the I box. Don't. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This baby's not a character, neither is his mother really. That's another podcast, but <laughs> so that really got me this time, the the element of the loss of a child. And so in that way too, I like felt it differently. And yeah. and in the okay, so before I was like, Why the fuck are you going to this dude? I get it. I am a people pleaser to the point I've j- often joked that like if somebody wanted to murder me, all they would have to do is be like, can you dig a six-foot hole? My, my back hurts. And I'd be like, on it. I'll do that for you. And I'll I'll just, as quick as I can, and we'll be chatting the whole time. And I'm just uh-huh. like, you know, digging in very literally. I feel that. So, right? It's chronic. And I'm learning to deal with it through massive therapy. Shout out to my awesome me therapist. Me too. Uh, yeah, she, she's listening too, which is probably very inappropriate. <laughs> so I'm thinking about it. But, uh, yeah, it's super effective on a lot of levels and that's just, that's just like one of them. It's grown, like, you just see it so differently today Mm -hmm. in terms of honestly, like the agency that Eden has in the film Mm -hmm. in some instances is not really something that like of its time was like something that you saw much. It was usually, a Vincent Price type that was sort of like pulling the strings of these types of like gatherings. And she right. obviously was like the, the linchpin of like this happening. And right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We get the feeling, I think at some points that maybe is it David, her husband is a, like a little bit the one that's like, come on, like let's push through when she's kind of wavering a little bit. Mm-hmm. I very much felt like this was like her dinner party. Mm-hmm. And so there was a very Lady Macbeth feel to me in that sort of sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's, there's just a lot to touch on. It's 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 gotten 
better in a lot of ways, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just for me personally, because of life has definitely gotten a little, I think, like deeper. Yes. Sure. Yeah. I agree with that. Absolutely. How about you, Ariel? What are some pros for you? Well, I love this movie. And <laughs> <I think> that... <laughs> so I mentioned earlier that I like that I thought the acting in this was really great. I think that Logan Marshall Green does an, just an amazing job in this. He is such a quiet actor in yeah. a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but you can read everything he's thinking and everything he's feeling on his face mm-hmm. yes. in this movie. Mm-hmm. And aren't we so used to the Bella Swan proxy of it being like nothing and yes. everything onto it? Yes, and in this, absolutely. I'm like, this man's beard is out acting like <laughs> well paid male actors. He's so like yeah. activated throughout this whole thing with this tension totally. between fight or flight and then also this social pressure of politeness well, it's, is... the, it's the fight or flight or, or freeze which we now kind of like have identified yeah. as like a new option that um, right i'm yeah. familiar with so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and yeah. every time you know something happens where maybe his kid is brought up or he realizes that he was wrong i mean we later know that he was right but when he thinks he's you know fucked everything up and oh, he, you so see those tears in his eyes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my. Yeah. It was crushing because you feel it so deeply because it it feels so real. And I think that the woman who plays Kira, I think her name is Emma Yatsi Coronaldi. Mm-hmm. She, I thought, was really good mm-hmm. and very grounding for the movie. She yes. felt like a real character and her interaction with the Will character was really strong. It mm-hmm. was. And I watched her really closely this time. She... Also, physically acting in this movie does so much with so little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the scenes where she, like, she's so present. Like, I don't feel like you miss her in this. It's sort of like a, uh, an ensemble in some mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah. she, I think, as intended, stays very present to the viewer by proxy of, like, Will's interaction with her, which doesn't even need to be verbal. It's like this, like, sense of physical space closeness that you get when they're around one another. Yeah. But also, like, you kind of, I feel like, can sense this rebuilding energy and their emotional bond where like it's still been a new like it's what they say at some point it's just been over two years like that's that's really close to something that dramatic so Mm -hmm. yes they do a very good job in just even her body language representing her love for him and also understanding that this is like something that she's kind of just got to be a spectator about Right, because she doesn't have a ton of lines because the other characters but... know each other so well. They're the ones that are interacting more. But yeah, you're totally right. But I, I remember more of her. Yeah, yes. like she's in my mind in this movie much more often than some that talk a lot more. Well, yeah. I think it's even though Will is our main character, arguably, she's the, or I think in some ways the audience the, proxy, yeah, right? Because she's be right. stepping into this dynamic, right, not knowing any of this mm-hmm. and <laughs> seeing this shit play out. Yeah. I feel like I could kind of watch this movie through her eyes a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also love that she is, her character is supportive of Will, but then Mm -hmm. she totally calls him on shit when she thinks Mm -hmm. he's acting up. Right. (laughs) Yes. yes, Yeah. And we can definitely talk about her role in the ending later when we get to that, but (laughs) she's pretty awesome. I also think that, uh, what's the name? Uh, Eden, Mm -hmm. the woman who plays her, Tammy Blanchard, Mm -hmm. is really great too because she has this sort of, happy floaty ethereal way of moving through this party and yet i think that even though you're supposed to believe that she's 
sort of sunshines and unicorns about everything now, I think you can still feel there's a brittleness that to it. sadness underneath. Yes, exactly. Like when she snaps and slaps that guy. Slaps. Yes. Oh, you can see it's it's just the underneath the surface. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was some Moira Rose. Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, like that hurt. You can feel it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then um, John Carroll Lynch, too, who plays Ooh. Pruitt. We got to talk oh. about him. Oh, okay, Man. y'all. That scene. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I looked I looked up Wikipedia. I was just looking for pretty basic info to like, uh-huh. put on a note card. And just scroll down to see. You know, okay, you know, there are two kinds of Wikipedia articles. There are especially about like movies there's like a man goes to a dinner party and things go weird and then there's like a super fan who literally goes yeah. on once a week to edit because they've <laughs> yes. rewatched it and caught it <laughs> so this is one of those where it's like in the middle like it's somebody who cared enough to do this whole wikipedia entry but then didn't care so much to like and or maybe i want to be best friends with this person because they're the funniest person in the world i have to read this one line yes please okay. yeah it is so good. And t- dead on. So David shows everyone a video in which the group's leader, Dr. Joseph, comforts a dying woman as she takes her last breath. The guests then play a game of I want, in which Sadie kisses Gina, Eden kisses Ben, and Pruitt confesses to accidentally killing his wife and doing time in prison. <laughs> Accurate. Uh, yeah, that, is accurate. <laughs> that is what happened. And uh, you're just like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna move seats. Uh, yes. Yeah, he's so good because it's, it is so good. He has this warmth to him, but also this mm-hmm. kind of weird domineering mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Too. There's a quiet confidence in a way yeah. that, like, you feel has been earned sketchily. Like, I feel yes. like, oh, uh-huh. yeah, absolutely. And then when he tells that story, and it starts out, and you think it's gonna be something that's so sweet. So right. sweet. And then you're like, okay, well, now it's going to be tragic. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. He straight up murdered his wife. <laughs> I mean. It's crazy. That Yeah, that really. That's the point in the movie where even even if slow burns are your thing, hold on. And it's not too deep in it that you get no, this sort of yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. I feel like the tectonic shift here is like. Yeah, it's if you're And especially if you're a genre fan, like, you know what you're in. Like, something's mm-hmm. going to go batshit here. Cause, like, right. Something's wrong. Not. This is not okay. Yeah. John Carroll Lynch, first of all, has a serial killer name. Just putting it out he there. He does. He absolutely does. <laughs> but to me. Every time. You're hilarious. Every time I hear it, I'm like. <laughs> Wait, how many Is he not a serial killer? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> he to me is the male and dowd you know who i'm talking about oh yeah like oh. on the surface he codes as being very benign and friendly mm-hmm. and warm mm-hmm. but when he shows up on screen you're like oh Ooh. shit <laughs> it's yeah. about to get like it never goes well when ann dowd shows up and it never goes well when john carroll right. shows up. i love that comparison this is all reminding me of like just that scene is so extended in the living room where they're playing this game i've never y'all i've played all the games i went to all the sleepovers like yeah uh, yeah have y'all ever heard of i want no i played never have i ever never have i ever all yes. day yes yeah this was interesting though like this construct and then to see, like, how much of that scene was the body language of every yes known and not lesser known actor mm-hmm. and actress in the film. Like, it rewatching, I rewatched that scene twice just to, like, kind of see. I, I love mm-hmm. to, like, look at extras' faces in the background and catch yes. somebody, like, picking their nose. I just want to see, like, <laughs> what is everybody doing? And then I, I'm, I'm very impressed when it's, like, everybody, including, like, 
dude over here in the corner that like like they're all making the appropriate sort of faces uh, and uh-huh. checking watches and like I catch something they're doing every time I'm watching it. That's like filmmaking as an art and not to make money. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it, you can just see the care in those types of scenes that I so appreciate as a viewer and yeah. often a viewer multiple times of of different pieces. Yeah, it makes it feel so much more real. It really mm-hmm. does. And I should, I think it's meticulous directing too. Oh, right? yeah, completely. And yeah. editing, because they're making selections yeah. where the, it feels, the scene always feels alive no matter what the composition of characters mm-hmm. is on screen, because they're all always present. And some of that is directing, and some of it, like I said, is definitely editing, yeah, editing choices. For sure, for sure. One of the things she said in one of the interviews that I read was that she thought about this a little bit like a stage play Mm. she wanted that immediacy and intimacy you get from watching a scene happen on stage in front of you and so she tried to to kind of create that same environment in this movie and I think it paid off Mm -hmm. I love that I love I usually can I pride myself on usually being able to kind of spot that being the -hmm. intention of the filmmaker Literally only because I was in a one act play a billion years ago and it was, it was super fun and Uh very grueling to like block out and everything because it's like, you get this many square feet, it's four people. It's very, it was like a a bottle episode type, like um, just like one room thing. There was like a mystery too. It was, it was, that's so cool. But I have, I mean, I was like so young and like, so this is just for fun but, like, I have so much respect to people who purposefully put themselves in the position to flesh out a story and then show us how it happens mm-hmm. in such a contained environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it is a restricted – you get creative, I feel like, in ways that you don't if you can just, like, cut to the mall or now they're at this place. Right. Mm-hmm. Utilizing that space and making the, the story still feel expansive, which they definitely do here, I think is a real talent. Yeah, and I think keeping it in this house and – where there are bars on the windows and the doors are locked Mm -hmm. and everybody's usually in kind of one room together or a couple of rooms. It really does build that tension and that dread. And And that's another thing this movie does so well. How often do you get that in a home that's not a home invasion? Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love that setting. And I'm Uh so psyched when it turns into something else where it's like, okay. Yeah. Yep. Like, we were just talking about uh, Adam Brody, you're next. Like, these kinds of things mm-hmm. where it's, like, not an invasion, per se, but, like, they've kind of, like, subverted that. I I just enjoy it. Yep. Yeah. One of my absolute favorite tropes in horror, or just the sh- film in general, is a movie that starts off as one genre, and at a certain mm-hmm. point, it just takes a hard turn into another Girl, one. Girl, yes. That is, yes. Yeah, I absolutely does that. love that. It's so compelling, and I love how it takes this sense of creeping dread that is built on social awkwardness and tragedy mm-hmm. and interpersonal mm-hmm. drama. And then it mm-hmm. suddenly explodes into a slasher slash home invasion so film. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, love so I mean, when Pruitt, John, what's his butt, takes that gun and just starts shooting oh, people. It yeah. is so chilling. It really yeah, is. There's, it's it's, the it, moment that gets me every time too is uh, Gina. When she actually starts, like, the poison yeah. starts working. Because, yeah. like, you've, you've almost kind of, like, for, I didn't. I was, like, watching that shit, like, a hot, because I figured that's what, where we were headed. Mm-hmm. But they, like, give you just a beat enough to be, like, oh, yeah, wait, where is she? Oh, dying. She's dying. Like, dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because in that moment, the first time I saw it, I was, like, oh, no, Will is wrong, and he's taken this 
in a really bad direction. And mm-hmm. he may have just accidentally killed this young woman who did nothing wrong, really, right? Right. Because she kind of goes after him like a crazy person. But right. he shoves her and she hits her head. And I just remember mm-hmm. thinking, oh, no, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Right? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. This character that I've come to like. Right. Is don't just... be the bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Don't be the bad guy. And then the quick, the camera pulls over to Gina and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, right. And then right after he shoots her and it's like <sighs> it just raises that, I mean, that tension and that pops oh. off. Yeah, yeah exactly and then things just go nuts after that yeah it's, it's so good and I also just really love that we get this big explosion at the end but there's also like you were saying Rachel all this kind of anxiety and dread mm-hmm. built into the awkwardness of the mm-hmm. situation these interpersonal relationships and there are these small interactions that are that are also kind of chilling like there's this moment where Will is talking to his ex-wife's new guy, whatever, David. David, yeah. Yeah, and David says, I just keep the house a little differently. Oh, it's my house. Dude, oh my like, God. Oh, damn. Yes, <laughs> yes those, those sort of men bucking each other scenes Ooh, are that, so... That makes me so uncomfortable. Yes. I know. And yeah. I, I think one of the reasons, I mean, obviously, I love the final act. I feel like the final act is that payoff that you're always hoping slow burns have. Mm-hmm. It really delivers on that promise. And it fulfills the contract that we have made as a slow burn yes, watcher, absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. But throughout it, there's this, I love how it captures this tension between instinctual fear, a physiological yes. fear, and then also social pressure for politeness. And I think yes. we as women in particular are very prone to having that lived experience oh yeah i yeah I, where you're socialized to ignore that yes and just make things yes and conditioned yeah right. and to be quiet take up no space and not make waves and that means like if there's somebody acting a little askance mm-hmm. it's not directly hurting you shut the fuck up because like what are you gonna do be the one that stands up and is like are you a killer it makes things right. weird yeah and awkward and terrible you don't want to yeah. be that person that person doesn't get a man Right. 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 No, thank you. (laughs) If that's required, no, thank you. (laughs) But I mean. Do they get women? I'll be that person. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. But I mean, I liked that what we saw, especially in that scene after John Carroll Lynch. Mm -hmm. uh, What's his actual, what's his name in the character? Pruitt. Pruitt. Okay. After Pruitt gives his confession and everybody shifts into that appease politeness to skirt Mm -hmm. danger mode. And I know that. Karen Kusama did not write this, that her partner did. But I do feel like she, as a director, probably someone and someone who has probably yeah. had this experience, really captured that feeling in a way that I was like, yes. ooh, there it is. I see, I see that. I I recognize that. Yeah. And I don't know that a lot of things will have some of these similar kind of scenes, but I don't know that I've ever felt that it was quite as accurately depicted as this this, especially this little build up to the big pop-up. Mm-hmm. So as as all of our therapists would say, (laughs) let's take this to its ultimate conclusion. Like, what is the worst thing that could happen if you did stand up and say, I think it's a cult. I think you're going to die. Because also with OCD, I get intrusive thoughts and like Mm -hmm. ruminations Mm -hmm. where I'm like, but what if I did just like stand up in church and be like, I want to have sex with Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Just to shock people. But like, because it's like, I'm just like, I feel compelled to like, yeah, just see what would happen. I don't know. I feel so hard that like him literally going over that in his mind and being like, I, mm-hmm. I, I feel at certain points him being like, fuck it. What am I doing? Why mm-hmm. am I being so 
polite society here and like the societal pressure to just just yes thank you okay and like take your seat at the table is gonna kill you like yes at some point i love how much this movie is about trusting your gut and logan marshall green mm-hmm. unlike tom hardy tom brady i'm sure you're great i don't know who you are i don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> or actually it's no it's 2021 i'm not sure you're great i don't know what you do he's, but spoiler alert right. he's not uh, whatever okay thanks <laughs> may as well just figure <laughs> that's the case yeah it's it's so layered and like so if you are somebody who struggles with just ever questioning your own barometer yeah which i feel like he is he's got a very feminine en- energy to me mm-hmm. and i can see that I, yeah i i like mm-hmm. his physical representation of that feeling because mm-hmm. i've been that person at parties that I left that did become, like, coke-fueled sex things. So, like, I wasn't wrong. There was right. a thing in the air. Right. And, yeah. like, the rest of my life hasn't been quite so exciting. I don't want to make myself out to be. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some stories, though. But, like, you know, you sense that sometimes. And as women, I think we're very familiar with that. To right. see a man be put in a role where he is portrayed as that vulnerable and doubting and self-questioning. And then hysterical. And then hysterical. In a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, like, I think specifically individuals identifying as female and dealing with the feminine experience would relate to and appreciate seeing uh-huh. a man experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a Which really I think great no point. mistake by who, you know, was behind the lens here, but yeah. I mean, there definitely yeah. is a comparison of types of masculinity between him and David. For one sure. one oh, of my stark. favorite yeah. scenes is the part where, he's so smarmy and he's so creepy and there's this moment where he's declaring to the group that he doesn't want to preach to them but he's doing it from the balcony sermon style and i I just think that's excellent writing because it it, is good it tells us a lot about what a pompous ass he is but also in that moment the things that he's doing are not matching the things that he's saying and Mm -hmm. so the film is telling us he is untrustworthy yes right which i love right i love and he, I'm pretty hot off of the other lamb. Deep oh, oh yes, yeah. so, that's so right. Like, that's right. He was in I'm that. Like, <laughs> it's possible that he is interested in running cults or yeah. Cults? Yeah, some know. Jared Leto energy. <laughs> like that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Or like or 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 the guy, the underwear model or the t-shirt model from 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh my god, that is so wild. Is that not the That is insane. Do you know story. this Ariel? He has a no. cult. He ha- Wait, who does? Did you ever see 10 Things I Hate About You? Yeah. You know like Andrew the hot Keegan. guy that she had sex with that spread rumors Andrew about Keegan. her? And he's like, "Do yeah. you like photo number 1?" and it's like a white shirt and he's like, or "Photo number 2." and it's a black shirt. Oh, right. Yes. He has a cult, girl. Like an actual cult. It's a legit cult. It's like, like a out in the desert. Real and, cult. Oh, yeah, I'm going to send you the <laughs> yeah, website. Please. Oh my god. Do. Yes, please do. Yes. That's I'm so crazy. I can't I believe no this idea. came up. I'm so delighted this came up. I love it. Yes. I could not believe it. He has the flowy white shirts. Oh yeah, he's a crystal no, he's necklaces a level cult. <gasps> he's like, "Welcome to the farm." And like I one day was I was working front desk before I got my license at that amazing and beautiful salon where like it was uh-huh. just so fun to stand in there and be dressed pretty. That's I was like good to go anyway. They probably wanted me to do a little work. I was very interested in just getting down rabbit holes on the internet and Reddit. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when I found out from BuzzFeed's super super 
quick highlight article on like, remember this guy? Okay, he's got a cult. I was like on the actual website for the cult, yeah. so close to being like, send me more info just because. Just like, because. <laughs> I was obsessed with you. You were on Party mm-hmm. of Five. Like, I, you were in my youth, and now you're this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I mean, turn. what is it about that generation of CW know, stars? Right? There's the Nixium chick. I can't think of her name now. Chloe. Is that right? Yeah, but it is all the, that same class. Yeah, of- from Smallville. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. But yeah, That's weird. That is so weird. Wild, right? I have no idea. I yeah. We were just talking about the I, the reason I said Jared Leto was I didn't realize that he I I had not heard that he was the one person that didn't know about COVID. Because he had gone into a vow right. of silence for like a couple of weeks. Dude, that is. I, I love that a good so celebrity turned cult leader story. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone out there knows me that I'm not aware of, slide into the DMs. <laughs> because I that afternoon, I was like, I pulled a chair up. My boss came around and I was like, just consider me taking a sick day, but I'm not moving because I need to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see how this turns out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So any other things we loved about this movie? I mean, I just love how chaotic and frantic the ending gets. Yes. And, you know, I love that sort of a feral cat energy that Sadie mm-hmm. gets when Sadie. she just oh, attacks. We need oh, to talk yeah. about Sadie, but we'll, I was saving that yes. for my I, okay. maybe cons. I don't know. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I love how Kira does not stop hitting Pruitt with that right? bottle of wine until he yes. is dead. His was, death yeah. is, it's like we stepped in out of the surreal into the realism with his death yeah. in a way that was. You know what that tells me about her, though? She's processing her feelings in the moment. She is emotionally mature and yes. working on herself in a way that she's able to access that right now, not 20 years from now, like yelling yeah. into the ether. Oh, good point. Mm. Because I'm very attacked by this be like, I know if I were put in that situation, I want to be a boss bitch, like with a machete. What I would be like is like every person scared of a bug ever, like tapping Uh it, like just being like, (laughs) (laughs) and they'd be like, "Uh, no, you're going to have to pull elbow grease into the head smashing here. That's a harsh truth, (laughs) but a fair one. <laughs> that would be a good murder for her. I feel like Ariel's our best bet for in real time murder. I can you know sense what? that in a way. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. You yeah. know what? I am. I'm weirdly good in emergency, yeah. so I might be able to keep my head long enough to actually this. kill like, somebody. You would never start the murder, but you would finish it. Rachel <laughs> would like find the person that needs it. Yes, murder. right. I would like. Right. Make us a Pinterest board and t-shirts. <laughs> and yes, Ariel would be the one that's like, okay, you fools. Yeah, you got to execute, guys. literally. <laughs> and then you guys can both help me hide the body. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. We'll just We've stick it in the wall with your that. admirer and blame it on him. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> got you a present. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about maybe some things that didn't work for us. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't have a lot because this movie overall Same. looked... For me, I already talked about the pacing thing where I, it's a, not a con for me, but it, I wanted to put that out there for people. The only thing that I – I don't even know that it's a con again, but I kind of feel okay. like I need you ladies to help me process my feelings. And that is about Sadie because I'm not sure how I feel about her. She's introduced mm-hmm. full Donald Duck, which is fine. It sure is. <laughs> and she turns – Fully Donald Duck in it. And I'm like, good for you for the natural bush. But <laughs> – and she turns her nudity into kind of a monstrous feminine, which, of course, yeah. I like. 
Mm -hmm. In some ways, she is a female equivalent to Pruitt, right? There's the same kind of duality in her, where there is this whimsical, flighty, sort of hippy-dippy side to her. But then when she's alone with Will, we see the other side. It's predatory. She's real squeaky from. She's real, like... Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. She's aggressively seductive. And I think Mm -hmm. it's incredibly effective in making you uneasy with her because she's such an unreliable narrator. But I don't know. It's sitting with me in a way that I feel like I need smart ladies to talk to me about it. So what do you guys think about Sadie? Is there something in particular that bothered you about her? I mean, see, that's, I don't know that it bothered me. I just know that my brain is sticking. Like I, So mm -hmm. here's my two cents on her. I actually have a cinematic thing with this actor. I I've adored most of her projects. Mm. It's uh, Lindsay Burge. Okay. And okay. she, I don't know if you guys have seen um, or heard of the Midnight Swim. I have. It is on one of our lists of things to watch. Okay. Holler. It's one of my favorite. Like, okay. I oh, love okay. that movie. And awesome. I've also pitched, like, it, it would be a good Monsters Motherhood kind of topic. Okay. Uh-huh. Sarah Dina Smith wrote it. Mm-hmm. She's done some other uh, pretty interesting projects. And is very much in this vibe of, like, female filmmakers who are really in, interested in a slow burn that has a lot to say, mm-hmm. that also really wants to give you some meat and bones, like, on the characters to mm-hmm. be. And, and and it's all feminine. Like, it's an all-female cast almost exclusively. And so it's, oh, like, wow. it's incre- just it's an incredible representation of, like, different female personality types because they're sisters cool. going through this, like, traumatic thing and... Oh, I just love it. It's dreamy. It's awesome. So she like became a fan. favorite of mine from that film because she plays a really quirky character in that film, too, that's pretty central to the mystery. Mm. I followed her kind of since. I just watched The Carnivores. She's in a lot of projects that, like, oh, yes. if you're into this type of thing, just kind of, like, look at what she's done. So I'm always excited to see her. This was the weirdest thing I've seen her in. And, like, I felt, like, intentionally so, but I don't know to what effect. Like, I'm not sure what her purpose in being like that was, where I have just very much felt her intentionality in all of the roles I've seen her in before. And she's so good and so effective and almost like method, I feel like, in these other ones Mm -hmm. that this just felt like, I don't know, like, I feel like somewhere someone had an idea of why they wanted her there and then just never really got a chance to like yeah crochet that whole yarn like I, I feel like there's something left to be said about that character yeah maybe. I think you're right because it is a little confusing like what she adds to the plot or the story mm-hmm. or because they never the get other full, characters were in a sex death cult they never like really yeah. expound upon Mexico and what happened there and why these people came back with them right which I mean you know it's fine for mystery is fine yeah but, but yeah, it a, does make her mark. kind of I don't actively dislike her. I, I think what I'm having trouble is that I can't pin down my feelings. That's what it is, yeah. Yeah. And maybe she's representative of the unease one might feel at this party and not being able to, like, quite place, like, what's off. Mm-hmm. I mean, was I her... she might be sort of representative of this vibe. Was her role to kind of pull Will in? Because I, I did notice one scene we didn't talk about. It's, oh. it's doing the uh, I want when things go off the rails. Immediately Eden steps in and she targets the Ben character and is like, I've always wanted to kiss you. No, you didn't. But it changes the mood. 
it yeah. changes yeah. the temperature in the room. So is she there for bait? I I don't know. But and then and if that that's the case, so I don't know that him. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Same. And I also, even if that's what they were trying to do, I think you need to keep looking as far as casting that. Like, I feel like everybody there knew, who knew her, that character, mm-hmm. knew what a wild cannon she was. So, like, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily be banking on her being my, like, yeah, that's ace a in good the point. hole. You know what I mean? Right. She seems yeah. kind of loose. I don't know. I don't know. I just couldn't figure out, like, what it was about I mean, that character. But. She certainly adds to the tension because she is another sort of point of why is no one talking about how fucking weird this is? Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's right. It's like a thing to ignore. Yeah. So I think maybe, yeah, she's she's almost like a manifestation of the questions one might have being a guest at this party. And also the way that a cult could seduce you, maybe? Exactly. And she almost feels like an allegorical character. Yeah. There's not much beyond that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yes. That's it. That's probably where I'm at with it. Yeah. Okay. That helps me a little bit. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel a little better about it. Like she's certainly in no way detrimental to the movie or changes my feelings about it. it. But if we're going to get granular with it, I'm just like, talk to me about Sadie. (laughs) Smart ladies. I need you to explain something to me. Dumb it down. (laughs) All right, did you guys have any any cons? I mean, not really. I did not enjoy hearing that coyote whimper in the beginning. And and then the other thing isn't really a con so much as at the end where both Kira and Will are kind of having to go from room to room, trying to find an exit, trying to stay away from the people that are going to kill them, trying to get weapons. It's so tent and so fraught. And I kind of wish that that little bit had been a little bit longer. A little more cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. I did love that part where he's like, remember, they're just humans. And I was like, I know. Yeah. I that. That made, Great like, that's line. So mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so my red herring, I totally thought the gay gentleman that survived was in the cult. Because he was, I yeah. Did too. Uh-huh. But I think what it is, is he's just a super codependent person. Uh-huh. So yeah. he's constantly cooling the temperature, constantly reassuring, mm-hmm. constantly like, come on, come back oh, in, Will. And people. and to me, yeah. the timing of it seemed suspicious. I was like, oh, he's in it. And so then when uh-huh. the end, when he's definitely not, I was <laughs> no. like, well, you got me, gal. <laughs> that, though, is directly speaking to my point. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be like super hard to get me to join a cult because uh-huh. I know I'm a smart lady. I'm not even trying to neg myself. I'm just saying I was raised to be a polite Southern lady. Uh-huh. And also the Catholic church is uh, incredibly restrictive. And I just learned to kind of be quiet at an early age. Right. It would have been, I think very easy at certain points in my life. If somebody were, not go into woo-woo with the language. Like Scientology, let's say. Yeah. Okay, okay, girls. Okay. Remember malls? Remember when you would go into oh a mall God. and there would just be somebody <laughs> yeah. in an ill-fitting blazer and they'd be like, hi, can I have 10 minutes of your time? Yes. Would you like to review this period commercial, like this tampon commercial and get paid $10? Yes. Did you all ever do this? Okay, mm-hmm. so I would do that. Like I, my friends would be like, we're shopping for prom dresses. No. And I'm like, I can't say no. Uh, sure. And like, they would just come pick me up 
three hours later after I make ten dollars to sit there and be like, I don't know the one with the black font. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. How did it feel with this music? I'm not not any different than the other shitty music. Can I go join my friends? <laughs> but so oh, no. I think that I I would just politely placate my host to the point of like it just being the norm for me to be there oh like, god and then it would be too late and then it would be too late <laughs> and then one is only so resistant to actual conditioning as a human animal yeah so like before i know it it'd be like i'm fucking nexium y'all i'm like i got the burn I got no the, the, <laughs> so cool. no. the oh, sisterhood of that might have gotten me I would be oh. no, well, and that's the uh-huh. thing. Like that is very, and that says a lot. I think about woman culture. Like, that is so alluring to mm-hmm. feel that yes. presented as such a safe and valid and warm place to be. Right. Yep. Is yeah. So, how monstrous it is to mm-hmm. weaponize that. Yeah. In many ways, it reminds me of the intimate assault one feels when sexually assaulted, which. Mm-hmm can speak from experience. I mean, like that, that emotional assault that you're in, in lots of cases in these cults physical as well, but like, it's almost worse because it's like, you're doing it to yourself. Yeah. Mm. yeah. They're Ooh. giving you all the rope mm-hmm. and like yeah. leaving the room every day and just kind of cranking the heat up just a little to where you're uncomfortable. It's so insidious and so long con manipulative mm-hmm. that to me, like it's almost worse than just frat bro, drunk dudes, in bad parts of town, right. like cold. Well, I can see them parts. coming. I, I spot the, the right. danger signs are very evident. Those red flags. Mm-hmm. I get like, mm-hmm. I get the right. fuck out too. And I have been an exact, we all have, you know, everybody's had yeah. experiences yeah, like yeah. this, like, unfortunately, but that the, no, 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 everything is actually great. And like here you're comfortable and should be thankful for this. Yeah. I mean, some of my relationships have been like that in a yeah. way that like many cults. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Ariel? Would you join a cult? So I always thought that I would be somebody that would be impervious to that. You know, uh-huh. I, don't know I was I was raised by like rebellious rule breaking hippies who taught me to constantly question authority. Yeah. So I always thought I wouldn't do that. But, but when mid level marketing. <laughs> <mid-level> marketing. <laughs> yeah. But then I watched Midsummer. Uh-huh. And I was talking about yep. it on our uh-huh. other podcast, Girls, with Matilda. <laughs> And I said during that scene where she's crying and the women are crying with her, I was like, right. I was like, you know what? That felt really good to me. I want that experience. I can, I, that would feel so good. It's called keening. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a cultural ritual of like all wailing at the same time. Yeah. I feel like we need to go on a camping trip and I don't know where we would do this without getting, (laughs) but I want to do that. Right. So I said that and I, I said how much I wanted to do that and how good that would feel. And Matilda was like, but that's a cult. <laughs> you're like, uh, <laughs> what you're wanting is to join on fire. <laughs> right? We need a good team. Like, All right. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's how you would get me. You would yeah. get me with a sisterhood of mm-hmm. women where I could express my emotions safely because I don't do that very often. So Absolutely. if you could give me that safe, warm, welcoming space. I think you'd get me to join a cult. Yeah. Look, we can go cult shopping if you want, Ariel. I'm sure there are some out there. There's got to be some cults in Portland. (laughs) (laughs) Or, hey, why think small? 
we could start it. Hey, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm leaning more and more towards communal living, especially now that we're going to have to be same. in bubbles. Same. We might as yeah, well just be in a bubble with more people. Right? Yeah. On this bandwagon. Yeah. Let's just have like a little podcast island. And- <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I can crochet. I can cut hair. I got y'all. Like, oh, we'll have see? And Amazing. Yeah. I can sew. I can do a little crochet. Cannot cut Love hair it. as evidenced <laughs> by my poor boyfriend's head in the, over the last year. <laughs> Which is a massacre, <laughs> no matter how many YouTube videos I watch. Not alone. <laughs> but I'm seeing the light on communal living in a new way. Uh-huh. Which is probably yeah. dangerous. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I'm not a girl's girl or a guy's girl. I have guy friends and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. But there is something about girlfriend connection that I crave always, yeah. even though I have a a group of girlfriends i always want more you know like so I, mm-hmm. when you're like can we be best friends i was like yes yeah, absolutely <laughs> it was no. not a hard sell <laughs> because and so i do think that that is definitely a hole in my armor where you could get me i don't know uh-huh. like when you pulled out the the solder and gun i think i'm out because my pain threshold is zero right, right. but up <laughs> until that point like you could restrict the shit out of my calories and i'd still be <laughs> I mean, well i just need somebody to tell me that like yeah i, I definitely can help uh that's scenarios. that's the danger zone for me but it see is, the, yeah. the keith ranieri of it all i'd be like nope narcissistic dudes are my Whatever the opposite of kryptonite is. Like, the thing that okay. is the most repulsive to me is a narcissistic mm-hmm. dude. They are yeah. to me now. Yeah. I... I grew up with a narcissist. Mm. So, mm. you you maybe got that lesson a little later. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I lived mm-hmm. it. I, I also am, like, an evangelical <laughs> Christian escapee. So, like, I... if they led with religion, I'd be like, bye-bye. But if yeah, you tell right. me that we're going to have a girls club, I'm like, uh, give me the pamphlet. <laughs> Right? No, I'll take some literature. You. Call yourself roller derby. Ah, exactly. You know, whatever the cool kids are, you can get your call together. Good point. Good point. I like it. I also get decision fatigue really yeah. easily. And so I feel like I might be seduced by right. other that, people say, making choices for me. You didn't have to make a choice for a whole day. I don't want to give up oh, my yeah. agency. But I no, would no. like to take agency vacations. Right? <laughs> there you go. I like that idea. We're not big decisions, but what we're eating tonight and what yeah. we're going to watch. I, I just take a little agency vacay just for 24, 24 hours. <laughs> then I'll get back into we need it. T-shirts. Just put it on when you need one and be like, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Like it. <laughs> See this now out there. Somebody's like, mm, let's mark them down. Hit them up. <laughs> We've got new recruits. <laughs> Easy works. <laughs> On that note, you can find me at. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's give our final more recommendations. I'm just going to cut in line and go first. Watch this movie. It is fantastic. Elizabeth. Agreed. Yes, it's so good. And whether you saw it back when or are freshly viewing it now, mm-hmm. or it would be a rewatch, I think that it's definitely nuanced enough and made with enough care that. You can unpack it now just as much, if not more, yeah. than when it was released. So, yeah, totally. definitely check it out. Yeah, four years of learning to be afraid of other people mm-hmm. <laughs> really adds to the experience. It does. <laughs> Whether those yes. people are people who have a philosophical differences, let's say, or right. they're just potentially walking vectors. People are scary mm-hmm. now. This movie gets it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just, it does recontextualize everything. <laughs> like it's, 
Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But watch it. Yeah, it's good. Definitely. All right. Awesome. So for those of you in the audience who checked it out, maybe you have some thoughts. Maybe there's some movies that you think we should cover. Maybe there's something you want to hear Elizabeth come back and talk about. Whatever the case may be. (gasps) Drop us a line at Rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z. Like the Riot Girls, but with a Z. And you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. Or you can hit us up on Instagram at ZGPods, plural. Or on Twitter at ZGPodcast. And if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight and you don't know what's on streaming or on video on demand, good news. We have a calendar. Head over to the Zombie Girls website and check out our video on demand and streaming calendar. And That's if you, my favorite feature. I love y'all. Do you like it? Oh, is it helpful? Wonderful. You have, I love it. Okay, ah! Taking away my decision. Like, tell me what to watch, but I need it to be someone who knows and gets me. Oh my so, God. yes. This is the best compliment you could give me. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Rachel put so much time and energy into that. That's I need somebody awesome. who would wear the same t-shirts as me to just be like, watch this bitch. Just watch this That's yeah. great. Speaking of t-shirts, <laughs> be sure to check out our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. You can wear get a cool, more deadly shirt. While you're there, head over. I, hopefully there's a plug it up soon. I keep pushing Caitlin to... Start a store so I can throw some freaking money at you guys. <laughs> and uh, if you love us and you want to support us and you want to hear all the other extra goodies, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash sloppy girls. All right, Elizabeth, before you go, tell us again if people are now mega fan girls and boys as they should be of you where they can find you on the Internet. Oh, you're too kind. So I am a final Girl Scout. Awesome name, by the way. Girl Scout. Thank you. Awesome. I, was, I, I could not believe that was available on all yeah. platforms. Genius. But so pretty much anywhere you put that in, I've got nothing going on on the website yet, but that's going up soon. Awesome. And then Twitter and Instagram, that's where you'll, you will find me. Right now, it's mostly curated content and just a schedule of what appearances I've got coming up and links to current projects that are collaborative. Check out Hi-Fi, H-Y-F-Y on Spotify um, for some music that I collaborated on with Eric of BGH. I will write your jingle. I am finalgirlscout at gmail.com. If you just want a theme song personally and you want it to be in the style of, I don't know, Dolly Parton, like, let's do it. Let's do it. Just hit me up. I'm open. This was an absolute blast, you guys. I just love y'all. Keep doing oh, what you're doing. Oh my god, so great to have you. I mean, on. it's like it's it's literally it's women like y'all that even made me feel like welcome at the table, like where it was like, <laughs> you know, it just. I know everybody knows like the real big ones, and like God, kudos. Like if you've gone stratosphere level with your podcast, mm-hmm. that is an amazing amount of hard work and luck. But the hard work. If you're hearing a product that it sounds like someone gives a shit about, it's hard work. And you guys do it just with such grace, organization, and finesse, and knowledge. And more people need to be creating stuff like this. And so as an inspiration to me as a female podcaster, thank you for doing what you guys do. And this space that you do it at. Thank you. That is so kind. kind. (laughs) I mean it. Seriously, women in genre. I appreciate it. It's a thing very close to my heart and mm-hmm. that will yeah, continue absolutely. to be the space I work in. So making connections, meeting just awesome humans like y'all is like my favorite part of it. So no thank kidding. You. Yeah, this has been really great. 
really great. Yeah, this oh, has been, I mean, it's been really fun on a personal level because you're amazing. Um, but also it was a really fun conversation and I'm so it grateful was. you were willing to come on, take your time, hang out with us, recommend Anytime. such a great movie. Yes. Um, this has been awesome. And now yes. I'm all for Klimt, So thanks for that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my. Anytime you are abs- open door, anytime you like to come back, if you don't come running through it, I'll be sending out some uh, <coughs> invitations. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the next time we have a movie where we think of you, we're going to invite you back. For on. sure. You, please. For I sure. would be honored. Dan. Seriously. Fantastic. Best friends. You heard it here. It happened. (laughs) We need a meetup. We need like a cabin in the woods with Caitlin marathon movie weekend. Oh my God. God. Can we make that happen in 2022? Please. Let's do it. She's triple vax now. I'm double. Like we need to just all show our cards and show up and be like, yes. I'll quarantine for two weeks to make it happen. Let's do it. (laughs) What the fuck else am I doing? (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So plans for next episode. It's a me pick. And normally we have a very decided movie for the next one, but there's sort of a little, little, it's a little loosey-goosey this time. So our original plan was to cover Candyman directed by Nia DaCosta because, oh my God, I've been waiting for two years to watch this movie and I cannot wait. But of course, it's going theatrical, which would have been fine, but then Delta came along. Mm-hmm. So it's we're going to wait for this to hit VOD. But as many of these major releases have done, there's a good chance that they're going to put it out for a week and then decide, like, okay, now that we've got as much money out of the theatrical as we can we're gonna go to we're just gonna drop it in, on video in advance so we want to like leave space for if that happens that we can watch it so depending on what the news looks like in the next couple of weeks that will be what we're covering if not we're going to be covering martyrs lane which is directed by ruth platt and even if we don't recover it on the next episode that will be probably the following episode so if you watch it it will not be a waste of your time we will definitely be covering it Okay, so if we cover Candyman, the synopsis for this is, in present day, a decade after the last of the Cabrini Green Towers were torn down, Anthony and his partner move into the loft of the now gentrified Cabrini. A chance encounter with an old timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman. Ooh, spooky doings. And if we end up covering Martyr's Lane, which we will down the road no matter what, Leah, 10, lives in a large vicarage full of lost souls and the needy. In the day, the house is bustling with people. At night, it's dark and empty, a space for Leah's nightmares to creep into. A small nightly visitor brings Leah comfort, but soon she will realize that her little visitor offers knowledge that might be very, very dangerous. Ooh, that sounds good. So yes, check both of those movies out, and we will be talking about one of them on the next episode. So that one's coming to Shudder. Anyway, enough of that. Ariel. Would you do me a solid and take myself and Elizabeth out? (laughs) Sure. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. We appreciate your support and love that you are here. Thank you to Elizabeth for joining us. It was an absolute blast. We'd love to hear all your thoughts and opinions. And you cracked us up, which is always a delight. So (laughs) Funny, smart, whore eleven. you are our people. Yeah, the trifecta. 100%. (laughs) Seriously. All right, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to my co-host and good friend, Ariel, for always teaching me something new. 
Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel. Our theme song for the show is More Deadly by DJ Sharp. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. We just finished talking about the invitation with our new super podcast girl crush, Elizabeth, from Plug It Up. That was hella fun. That was so much fun. She was great. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to do that again. She was smart, cool, funny, can Mm -hmm. sing like a goddamn angel. I know. What can't she do? (laughs) Has a southern accent. (laughs) Right? (laughs) God. Yeah. She's rad. She's super, super awesome. Uh, And that was fun. I'm really glad we circled back to this movie because I don't know that I would have ever really picked it, even though I liked it. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I don't think I, I appreciated how much there was to unpack in it. Yeah, I agree. I really liked it when I saw it, but there was so much more to talk about than I think mm-hmm. I originally realized. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there are certain things that they age, like the more you move <laughs> away from, the worse they get. Uh huh. And this is an example of like something that was good, but it's like age in like a fine wine. Yes. Yeah. So extended episode talk okay (laughs) so here's the thing (laughs) my plan for this extended episode was to give you a little pop quiz to find out if you would join a cult oh and uh turns out you already think you would but (laughs) that's anecdotal this is science okay this is science-based so i'm gonna still give you this quiz to see to confirm whether your instincts are correct oh you are susceptible to yeah i am very curious because like i said i never would have thought i would be somebody that would yeah off the top of your head is there a cult in particular that you feel like you could see yourself going for oh good question so i kind of feel like early day jim jones Right, and they're, like, doing, like, social justice projects. When they were doing all of the, like, street outreach programs Mm -hmm, and stuff, mm -hmm. I feel like that might have sucked me in, and then the communal living and stuff might have, Yeah, I might have just kept going, you know? Like, what if I became a true believer? Yeah. Like, I don't think I would, but I think that kind of thing could maybe get me, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think which one would because I always feel like at some point they draw like creepy gender lines. That's and true. that is where I would be like, and, and I'm, out. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm trying to think if there is a cult that like is maybe more like feminine energy. Mm-hmm. Because that might get me. Right. Like, what's the one that like all that shit popped off in? Um we talked about it on a recent podcast. The one that popped off like up in Oregon. It was like the Rajneesh. Oh, right. Prano Bailey Bond grew up in like a different sect of that. Remember? Right. I feel oh, like that, Netflix that show one. About it. Uh-huh. That one has danger signs for me. Not because it's necessarily something I would be really drawn to. But if I found myself situationally in it, there are not until it, it like it has a frog boily aspect to it where i wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't initially seek it out but if i was in it i wouldn't the red the red flags would come too late yeah you know yeah i see what there you're are, saying there's some early red flags with a lot of cults that i would be like and eh, i'm out mm-hmm. like if they if i felt like they were trying to get at my money or if i felt like they were trying to like put me in a gender role or if it got really religious i'd be in danger 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think those things would be sort of instant turnoff for me yeah. too. But if you hid that stuff until later, when you, once yeah. you're already sucked in, yeah, it might be frog too boil. late. Yes, yep. they get yeah. you with the frog I can boil. see it. I can see that. Yeah. All That's right. Scary. <laughs> Let's find out if uh, okay. this is something you need to be actively worried about. <laughs> okay. Oh God. Let me pull this up. Do 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 do. All right, so this quiz is from HowStuffWorks.com, and it's called, Would You Ever Join a Cult? So, <laughs> unlike a cult, it tells you exactly what you're getting into right from the start. <laughs> okay. Okay. 